0: Welcome to another episode of the Championship Roundtable podcast. I'm your host James Vickers. You can reach us on the show at Championship Pod on Twitter, and you can also follow my personal Twitter account, which is at
2: underscore James Vickers. Hello, my name's Louis Shackshaft. I'm a Sheffield Wednesday fan. Uh, I regularly write articles and do blogging um, and tweet Sheffield Wednesday statistics, uh, so you can check those out on Twitter, which is at Louis Shackshaft, or visit my website louisshackshaft.com.
3: Hi, I'm Simeon Pickup, I'm editor of the Tilehurst End, uh, a Reading blog, uh, website, we do a lot of analysis, match reports, player ratings, all player coverage, all match coverage even. Um, So go check us out, you can find me on Twitter at Royal and us on Twitter at the Tilehurst End.
0: Yeah, cheers for joining me today guys, we'll jump straight into the the results from over the weekend. Um, We'll start on Friday night where there was quite a big game towards the top of the championship which Fulham won 3-0 against Millwall. Then we jump into Saturday, Birmingham surprisingly won 2-1 at home to Sheffield United, Wolves won 4-0 away at Bolton and more or less wrapped up the title, Brentford won 2-1 against QPR, Bristol City and Hull, which I've no doubt will get on to, drew 5-all in probably the game of the weekend, Middlesbrough won 2-1 at Derby, which was a very pivotal game in the playoff push, Villa won 4-0 at Ipswich. Leeds won the Yorkshire Derby two one against Barnsley. Preston, unfortunately, drew nil nil with Norwich City. Sheffield Wednesday beat Reading three nil. Sunderland, who got relegated as a result, lost two one at home to Burton. And Cardiff beat Nottingham Forest two one. Um, we'll go over to you first, Louis. Are there any games out of those that sort of I'd imagine we'll get onto the Bristol game? And there any outside that that surprised you, uh, sort of scoreline wise? Um,
2: surprises. The, the The biggest one for me is probably Birmingham beating Sheffield United two one and you know I know Birmingham are on a bit of a run at the minute under under gary monk uh, but especially with Birmingham being one nil down and then to come back and win that two one that's that's a huge result for them um and I know i've said it before, but I think Birmingham will certainly stay up this season um and that win was a was a huge boost for them. but regarding big wins i mean this weekend to be honest where where do you start um you know, there's been some games or six six pointers, if you like, that have, have really stood out. I mean the other one was um derby losing two one at home to Middlesbrough. Um I know we're gonna talk about Derby in the topics, but that's a huge win for Borough. That's I know it's not cemented the place in the playoffs for them yet, but you know, winning that yesterday pretty much, you know, they should be finishing fifth or sixth in the in in the league now and, and guaranteeing playoffs. Um the other one, obviously, and I know we're going to talk about Sunderland being relegated, but with, you know, with a few minutes remaining, Sunderland winning 1-0 and then Burton coming back to win that, you know, 2-1 Darren Bent scoring and then Boyce in the 93rd minute. And, and then the way it happened as well, because Sunderland were then denied a a point in, I think, the 95th minute when a goal were ruled out for handball. So that's another result what stood out for me. And then at the top of the table, obviously, Cardiff beating Forest 2-1. They just simply had to win because Fulham beat Millwall 3-0 on on Friday night. So Cardiff's victory against Forest, obviously keeping them second in the league. And then obviously, like I've just mentioned there, Millwall losing at home to Fulham 3-0. That was a standout result. I think first half it, it could have gone either way, and, and Millwall, you know, looked quite good. But then second half, Millwall, uh, sorry, Fulham just ran away with it, and, and obviously bagged the three goals. And, and that was another huge result for them. So it's obviously tight all around at the minute, whether you're fighting for the top two, top six, or bottom three. So some real standout results, I think, this weekend.
0: Yeah, I think the, the Fulham game against Millwall in particular stood out for me. I was more surprised, sort of first half, especially with it being on TV, managed to watch the full game, just how good Millwall were first half. And I think on another day, you know, they could have easily gone in at the break, uh, a goal or two up, yeah. just didn't have luck on their side in that first half. And then, you know, straight from the start of the second half, Fulham looked a completely different outfit and, you know, got that early goal in the in the start of the second half and, you know, Sort of really put the game to bed. Then over the course of the second half, and that's sort of been where their strong points been all season. You know, sort of exposing teams who are trying to come onto them and hitting them on the break with players like Sesanyon. And you know, it was another great goal by him. And we mentioned on the show last week just you know how good he's been this season. Arguably, the standout player. And you know, obviously the awards he's won over the last week or two had sort of back up that point. Um, but to go into the games yesterday, I think, as you mentioned, that Burton-Sunderland game, which we'll sort of get onto in in a bit, you know, stands out more so in the manner in which Sunderland have gone down. I know we've covered sort of a few times when they've had a decent results. Sunderland, is that going to be the start of them turning the corner? Uh, and then, you know, they, they follow it up the next week with, you know, quite a poor performance. Um, but the one that sort of stood out for me really, um... And it seems weird to say is the Wolves game, you know, they they got promoted last season and it would have been easy for them to take their foot off the gas, so to speak, against the Bolton side who are still fighting for their lives. But to go there, you know, get the early goal through Barry Douglas, who was quite unlucky to miss out in the, the championship team of the season, you know, golf from him and then they sort of knock in another three um, just before half-time and then after half-time. To go there and win in that manner, you know, secure the title very impressed with them but you know we have been all season um are there any other games um sort of in particular that you'd like to talk about simeon that stood out for a, a positive or, or negative
3: reason i think you've uh covered it all really well to be honest um i guess with the wolves game it's uh it's easy to look at it just from a wolves point of view that they've wrapped up the title in some really good style going to another team and winning comfortably and really putting a cherry on top of their season but from Bolton's point of view I know they wouldn't have been I probably wouldn't have been expecting to get even a point off a really good side but it does leave them really dangerously close to the bottom three now they're I think about two points off um, off the bottom three and Barnsley have got a game in hand on Tuesday so it could quite easily be by Wednesday Bolton in the bottom three um, if uh, results go against them on Tuesday night um, away from that, the Burton game is the one that really stands out as well. Burton showing a lot of character to come back and get that win, scoring really late on to uh, send Sunderland down, and it keeps them really in, in contention to stay up. Um, they're only two points off safety themselves, so if they can get a, another win or two, then they could, almost out of nowhere, manage to suddenly conjure up a championship spot next season.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. And I think, especially with the way in which Birmingham, you know, got the win against Sheffield United, especially going a goal behind and then getting a goal, you know, either side of half-time to to win 2-1, that's really lifted them, you know, a few points clear now. And, you know, Barnsley and Bolton both on the wrong end of results this weekend. I think it's going to be sort of looking at the fixtures each team have. You know, Barnsley have obviously got that game in hand on the rest of them, but for how poor they've been over... Sort of the second half of the season, in particular, you know, you wouldn't expect them to to pick up any points there, and you know, I think now looking at it, it's going to be out of Bolton, Barnsley, and Burton. Who is going to survive, and which two of those are going to go down? And that result for Birmingham, you know, absolutely massive. And sort of looking at the table, I think you know, obviously for you, Simeon. I think Reading hopefully should just be safe now. I think as as I mentioned, it's going to be. You know, one of those three teams I previously mentioned that will stay up. Um, and then obviously, you know, Reading being fine. Um, the game, though, that I wanted to touch on, and obviously it's grabbed the headlines, the 10-goal thriller at Ashton Gate, Bristol City drawing 5-5 five, five with Hull City. One game I had on my accumulator, both teams to score, I thought there'd be goals in it, but, you know, never did. I think it'd be 5-all. Um, I know we talked sort of around Christmas time about the game of the championship season so far um, go to you first on this Louis is this probably the game of the season in sort of the manner in when the goals went in and you know for a team that's chasing the playoff and one that's trying to pull clear of the relegation zone do you think it is potential to be game of the season
2: I mean yeah I mean it stands out obviously because each each team's only took a point yet both scored five goals and that doesn't happen often um it depends which way you look at it yeah like i said it's a stand it's a standout game five all it'll stand out in any league in you know in the world really but you know it, it, it was just crazy to think that it were. With, with 37 minutes left, it was 3-1 to uh, Bristol City. And, you know, if, if someone had said, you know, Hull City are going to score four goals practically in the next 37 minutes, then, you know, it, it'd be unheard of. You know, you just wouldn't believe what you what they were saying. And and then they went 5-4 up, obviously. when And in the 95th minute, um, Brian scored that goal and, and made it 5-0. But one of the standout players as well, not only in this game but he's, it, since he's been at Hull is Harry Wilson like he's at, he's on absolute fire at the minute you can tell he's, he's a cut above um, the players in, in team and three kick again um, I think he's contributed to 10 goals in 11 games um, and yes he's owned by Liverpool but if you know I'm sure many championship clubs or even lower lower league, Premier League teams will be trying to get Wilson on their books on loan next season. But yeah, I know the other game obviously stood out previous to this was Sheffield United and Fulham, uh, where two players scored hat-tricks. Which one wins it for me? I'm not sure, to be honest. I mean, it depends how you look at it. From a neutral's perspective, 5 all is you know, unbelievable. If I, it's, it's a game that you you want to pay money for, turn up and watch. But at the same time, it was interesting because Lee Johnson says, you know, you concede five goals at home. It's on the, uh, you know, on the on the other hand, it's it's disgusting because he said that you shouldn't be, four of those goals they shouldn't have been conceding. So, you know, defensive lapses or great attacking football, you know, is is for you to decide. Uh, but yeah, it's definitely one of the games of the season for me.
0: Yeah, the same question to you, Simeon. Do you think that that has the potential to be game in the season, or would you go for the, the one that Louis mentioned?
3: Yeah, I think it could very well do, um, scoring that many goals. And considering it's two teams who don't necessarily have a huge amount to play for, I know um, Bristol City have still got a, a chance for getting into the top six, but it's not looking too likely. Um, Holes seem to have pulled away of safety. For those two teams who have had their troubles this season and aren't necessarily right at the top or right at the bottom, to be able to come up with that much entertainment in one game is a um, is a really good, surprising thing for me. Um, but it also shows just how good Hull have been in the last couple of weeks under Nigel Adkins. I know, obviously, they didn't get the win yesterday, but scoring five goals and getting five at Burton as well, um, putting four past QPR a couple of weeks ago as well, it's it shows just how good a job he's done over the last couple of months, taking a team that was so demoralised after the Premier League and really struggling at the bottom of the of the division and been able to push away from safety and looking like they could be dark horses promotion next season perhaps. Maybe getting into the mid-table or pushing up even higher than that. He's doing a really good job. And part of that is down to people like Harry Wilson, as you say. Um, really bright attacking talent and be interesting to see where he finishes up next season.
0: Yeah, the quite annoying thing on Harry Wilson, especially from a, a Preston point of view, is the fact that we were we were linked with him in January, same with Hull. Um, and, you know, our sort of lack of cutting edge up front at the moment is really sort of costing us, which, you know, cost us on Saturday the amount of chances that we had against Norwich and, you know, couldn't put the ball in the back of the net. And I think ultimately that is what's going to cost us sort of playoffs unless you know somehow we can win away at Sheffield United and then get a win at Burton and obviously other results go for us but you know he's come into Hull he's done fantastically well and it it does leave a sour taste in my mouth as a Preston fan that you know there was the option for us there to to go in and get him he was heavily linked and I think you know speaking to people that sort of I know who were working at the club you know there was quite uh, sort of there was an offer on the table you know he he wanted to come with it being just down the road from liverpool and for whatever reason it didn't work out but you know he's done fantastically well and you know him and adkins have really been the driving factors which have you know fired hull to safety and i think next season we'll be talking about hull hopefully to get it right off the field has been one of the teams sort of challenging for the playoffs um the sort of next thing i wanted to touch on and obviously we touched on quite a few games there around the around the playoff hunt is the fact that especially over this weekend, you know, you go down the fixture list, obviously Millwall lost, Sheffield United lost, Preston drew, Derby lost, Bristol drew. There was only really Middlesbrough who, you know, picked up uh, maximum points in the playoff hunt. Is it a sign that, as we've sort of said before, that everyone in this division can beat anyone on on their day, or is it sort of down to the fact that teams are are struggling to put a run together and a sort of, the word I'd use is choking, really. I think, especially in Preston's sort of experience, we seem to get into a great position. And then the next game, when there's that sort of opportunity there to capitalise when other teams around us have dropped points, we seem to drop points. Um, we'll go to you first on this, Simeon, because obviously, you know, both your teams were in and around the playoffs last season. Looking at it this season from a Reading perspective, do you see it as sort of the division being competitive as a whole or do you see it as teams sort of choking getting into the playoffs?
3: I guess if you compare the teams that are in and and around the playoffs and comparing them to Reading, I guess what we were so good at last season was just grinding out wins, getting those really tough results, winning 1-0, 2-1 if we needed to, doing it regularly, doing it ugly, really kind of just getting it done by whatever means necessary. You look at some other teams now, they're really good sides. You look at Brentford in particular, who are so good going forwards, they lead the division in terms of, say, shot statistics, they're really pleasing on the eye, but they just don't have that cutting edge that really just gets you over the line in the end. Um and I guess when you um when things like that just go against you for for long enough, when you start to build those doubts into your mind, it just kind of it builds up, it creeps up, you start to kind of lose belief and just Lose any hope that you're going to get into the playoffs, even with these really good sides like Bristol City, Brentford, Derby. Have got some really good players, but they just lack that belief and that cutting edge. Particularly in Derby's case, I, I guess it's kind of a psychological thing. Just having failed to get into the playoffs so so often in the last couple of years, really just developing that bottlers tag. I guess when it comes to the top six, they just it, it seems like a like a weight upon their shoulders.
0: Yeah, the same question to you, Louis. Obviously, Sheffield Wednesday, you know, a team that have been in and around the playoffs, similar to Reading. How have you sort of seen it this season? Do you think it's a case of, you know, teams bottling it? Or do you think, again, that it is sort of a... a sort of factor that the
2: division is getting better and teams can beat anyone on their day? I think it's a combination of both. And I've looked into it, to be honest, because... Over the last few years, like you, like you've just mentioned, Sheffield Wednesday and Reading have, have been in and around the playoffs, and and usually fighting for that sixth spot. There's at this stage of the season only a couple of teams can get in there, but you know from third down to is it eleventh um, for the minute? There's there's literally like nine teams in in the playoff race and the playoff contention, so. I think it's, like I say, it's competitive. Anyone can beat each other on the day. But not only that, like I mentioned also, like I say, you've got the, the relegation fight. You've also still got the fight for top two. I think there's at this stage, there's that many teams and a lot of games are six-pointers at the minute, like like we've just touched on when we did the, the results roundup. You know, there's there's five or six games there where really every team, you know, about 12 teams at the minute need points at this stage. There's only about six teams really where we're not under any pressure, where we're going into games at the minute and, you know, we don't necessarily need to win. And, you know, Sheffield Wednesday, are one of those teams, you know, we've, we've been mathematically safe for, you know, about 10 days now. So, you know, like I say, I think it's because it's so competitive and even the teams at the bottom, like Birmingham beating Sheffield United and, it's because, like I say, they just drastically need the points, you know, people's, <laughs> you know, team, teams are on the line at the minute, you know, the, 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 and a lot of managers are potentially going to get sacked. So, for that reason, I think it's it's just that's all it comes down to, to be honest. Um, just that there's that many teams in the playoff contention at the minute.
0: Yeah, you touched on there, obviously, teams in and around the playoffs, you know, from about third down to 11th, you know, there's been, it's probably the tightest playoff race that I can remember sort of in recent years with uh, sort of looking down the table now Millwall in sixth down to Sheffield United in 11th, you know, there's three points in it, which, you know, it's ridiculous to think at this stage of the season. Um, sort of, I'll open the question up to both of you out of sort of the, the teams chasing, so obviously Millwall, Derby, Brentford, Preston, Bristol, Sheffield, you'd like to think that Middlesbrough are more or less safe in there now. Um, Derby obviously have a game in hand. Which team do you think is going to sort of secure that sixth spot? Do you think it'll be Millwall that's in there at the moment, or do you think one of the teams sort of in that chasing pack can come in and win the last two games and sneak in?
2: Uh, personally, I think it's, if I'm honest, I think it's all going to boil down to Derby's game in hand, and it's a crucial game. In fact, it's going to have... A play on who finishes top two and who finishes in the sixth spot. But Derby's game in hand is at home to Cardiff, um, and I really think it might boil down to that. If Derby fail to pick up any points and Cardiff win, I really can see Millwall finishing six, and I, and and I would say that it would stay as it stands with potentially Fulham, Villa, Middlesbrough, and then Millwall in sixth spot. Uh, However, if Derby were to beat Cardiff, then it could all flip reverse and obviously Fulham could finish top and then Derby could finish sixth. So I'm not going to put my neck on the line, but I am going to say that simply down to the game in hand that Derby have got, that I think that result is going to be a huge factor on the remainder of the season and who who goes up in second and and who finishes in the playoffs. Um, I mean, as it stands... If it were to stay as it is at the minute, with Fulham in third, um, I believe Fulham are the strongest uh, up there with Aston Villa. You know the league table doesn't lie, but I'm really, as fixture by fixture goes by under Tony Pulis, Middlesbrough are slowly becoming like a dark horse. Where I can, I've, I don't know. I've just got this sneaky feeling that I think Middlesbrough should obviously finish in the playoffs now, but I've I've got a sneaky feeling they definitely or potentially sorry, could could be in the final and, and, you know, could be, like say, a dark horse. So it's going to be interesting. But, yeah, I think a huge play is going to be on Derby's uh, gaming in Cardiff City. So we'll see how that one plays out.
0: I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else,
1: including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter-shrimp scampi. Mm, Hello, Fresh! Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.
3: Might seem like a bit of a, a counterintuitive point, but I look at, Derby's game on Tuesday against Cardiff, and I think it's almost a negative for Derby, to be honest. I know you've uh, they've got the opportunity to get three points, but at this stage of the season, I think Cardiff are going to be, be too strong for them. No disrespect to Derby, but Cardiff have been such a, a good side recently that I think they're going to win it. But from Derby's point of view, if they go in and lose that, you don't want another demoralising defeat. I think they've come off the back of about three losses in a row now. If you add another one on, even if it is a game in hand, those losses starting to pile up. It really just starts to get under the skin and it's that it's a psychological um damage, uh in essence. Um, which I think they really they really can't do with at the moment and that could be the difference between them getting in the top six and not. I'm looking at the um fixtures of next weekend and that Middlesbrough Millwall game. Um late on a Saturday is really going to be crucial. Um, that could decide who gets into the top six. Personally, I reckon um, Mil- uh, Middlesbrough are probably going to get three points there. And if they do, that gives a really good chance for someone like Brentford to get into the top six. If they can get a win, they're playing away at Barnsley. So it's looking really tight and there's still a lot of a lot of room, a lot of a lot of opportunities for it to change around even over the next week or so.
0: Yeah, you mentioned there the the Middlesbrough Millwall game, uh, the sort of tea time kickoff next Saturday. I was going to touch on that. Obviously, next weekend you've got Millwall uh, away at Middlesbrough, and then we're away at Sheffield United. So it's another sort of round of six pointers. And I think what gives the upper hand sort of in the sense at the moment uh, say Bristol City or Brentford is the fact that Bristol City go away to Nottingham Forest who obviously Bristol are coming on the back of that draw against Hull City which is quite disappointing for them but they're playing in Nottingham Forest side who don't really have a lot to play for now and you know may I may have one eye on their holidays so You'd fancy Bristol to go there and get a result. And then, as you mentioned, Simeon, you know, Brentford going away to Barnsley, who, you know, are desperate for the points, but you'd think that Brentford should have a bit too much about them. But, you know, as we touched on earlier, Brentford have seemed to be a bit hit or miss this season. They've either been, you know, one of the best teams in the division or they sort of struggle, you know, they play nice football, but struggle to break teams down. So I think those two games are going to go a long way, Uh, the the middlesbrough Millwall, and the the Sheffield-United-Preston game are going to go a long way to sort of deciding the playoffs. And then, you know, scrolling up the fixture list as well, Derby go away to Aston Villa. So two really difficult games for Derby this week. And, you know, I think if they lose the game tonight to Cardiff, I think, you know, that more or less would spell an end to their playoff push. I don't think, you know, on the back of two sort of, defeats against teams in and around the playoffs that, you know, they then go to Villa and be able to produce a performance, especially with the way Villa turned up and beat Ipswich 4-0 at the weekend and having that full week to recover, you know, Derby playing their uh, sort of free games in seven days, as it were. So I'm sure this time next week we'll be sat here talking about how it's completely changed again and, you know, those sort of free games of teams in and around the playoffs playing each other I think, you know, if you're a Brentford and Bristol fan, you'll be wanting all them games to end in draws. But if you're one of those sort of six teams in the games where everyone plays each other, you know, you're desperate for a win. I know sort of myself included, all the Preston fans are desperate to go to Sheffield United and get three points with our last game in the season, been at home to Burton, which, you know, you'd like to think, obviously, you know, no wins are guaranteed. But if they're down already, you know, you'd like to think if we're pushing for the playoffs we can get three points in that game so I think definitely this next weekend is going to go sort of more or less all the way to deciding who is going to get into the playoffs Um, but we touched on it earlier and I wanted to sort of ask you before we move on to Sunderland obviously Derby County have have really sort of dropped off the boil since about Christmas time I think at Christmas we were talking about them you know potentially catching Wolves and Cardiff at the top and you know challenging them for the automatics and it's, it's really full of moves sort of grab the bull behind the horns in that sense and Derby have faded away I know sort of chatting to Andy who comes on the podcast um who's the Derby fan that that we get on he's been quite disappointed with them in recent weeks but sort of looking at the way they've gone about everything since Christmas you know it it seems to be an underlying problem and we touched on that earlier that they more or less got the reputation now of sort of serial bottlers in the championship which you know you can make it out of what you will. Um I wanted to open up the question to both of you. Do you think that obviously there was quite a lot of rumors about Stoke coming in for Gary Rowett around Christmas time. Do you think that that has
2: played a sort of a part in their collapse and do you think that they can still make the playoffs? Uh no, I don't to be honest. I think I know Rowett was linked uh with Stoke and you you could say it was a distraction, but I, I personally I don't think it was, and I think Rowett did the did the right thing because he confirmed early straight away practically that he wasn't going to Stoke, and he he kind of put those rumours to bed straight away. However, at the time I said, even though Derby was an, on a run, and I think they found themselves third at the time, and you know they looked like they could potentially catch Cardiff and finish second, and they've obviously gone. Other way in the league, I, you know, f- currently in, in seventh position. Uh, but I said at the time that Rowett should have taken the Stoke job. And I know that mine seems silly because obviously the position Stoke are in a minute and they look like they're going to be playing Championship football next season. However, I think as much as Derby, like you say, they've, they've been in and around the playoffs for so many seasons now and they keep, as you say, bottling it, I think Stoke would just have been that other, you know, progressive step for Rowett, even if they were relegated. Um, You know, Stoke are going to be, if they do come down, certainly to be one of the favourites to to go straight back up. And, you know, with with Derby, even though they've they've had some fantastic players this season and they brought in such as Huddleston and Vidra has been on fire, they still just I think, just a couple of couple of players short, you know, and it's, it gets even harder when you've got teams like Wolves who get a billionaire owner and suddenly, you know, they can just splash the cash and buy the players that they have done, and, you know, that means that there's one pl- less place up for grabs, I suppose. Um, so, I think, like I say, I don't think it was much of a distraction when Stoke came calling. However, I do think that Rowett should have taken that job. Um, you know, they've still got will still be hopeful this season that they can finish in the playoffs and like I've touched on that game in hand is crucial they are going to find it difficult though because you know even Simeon said Card- Cardiff are well the second most strongest team in the league at the minute and um, you'd expect Cardiff to at least get a point in that game but then Derby have still got Aston Villa after that and then Barnsley, which on paper might s- s- seem quite an easy game, but, you know, if, if it goes to the last game of the season, which it will be, and Barnsley have still got that fight in them and can, and can stay up, then that's going to certainly be a tough game as well. So, you know, even if Derby do get into the playoffs this season, I'm going to put it out there. I don't think they'll do anything in the playoffs, if I'm honest. I probably, I'd probably ex- expect them to get knocked out in the semi-final. I think, you know, they've, they've really slacked off this last couple of months. And I think that, you know, as much as I'm a Gary Rowett fan, I just don't think, I think they miss a couple of quality players, like I say, they're not quite decisive enough and, and, and lack a bit of cutting edge. Um But fair play to Rowett for putting those, like I say, those rumours to bed when Stoke did come calling.
3: Yeah, for me, it's just a psychological thing for Derby, I guess. Um You look at um, the Spurs result yesterday, um, losing in the semi-final again at Wembley. They just develop that record of losing at the same stage, of going out at the same stage, and it just becomes a big a big weight on them and holds them back. And I think it's the same thing for Derby, getting in and around the playoffs, doing really well, but then just going off the boil in the last couple of months and really starting to collapse. Um, but in the long term, you just need to keep hold of Rowett, just um, let him build something, let him try and correct the mistakes that he's made this season and really just go again next year. I think the worst thing they could do is react to this season by getting rid of him or not backing him in the summer. Just let him build something, let him really um, try and put together a really good side and Derby will be a strong team next season, I've got no doubt.
0: Yeah, to the other end of the table, obviously we had our first relegation this weekend, Sunderland going down to to League One, which I think at the start of the season, you know, the majority of us would have said that while they wouldn't get promoted, they should be okay in this division. Sunderland, you know, maybe finish mid-table and then look to build from there after sort of securing themselves for that first season. Obviously, that didn't materialise and they now find themselves playing down in League One against, you know, an Accrington-Stanley team that have been promoted from League Two, which considering where they were this time last year, I don't think anyone would have predicted that. Um I just wanted to get your thoughts. Obviously, back to back relegations is never good for anyone. Where do they go from here, sort of first of all? And do you think that Chris Coleman will stay and you know see the job through in League One? We'll start
2: with you first on this, Louis. but you know the, the question's open to everyone. Yeah, I mean you know, you've got to hold your hands up, I suppose, with Sunderland and just I, I really don't know where they are gonna go from here because they're in turmoil, aren't they? You know? they're going to have to from now on and over the summer up to the beginning of the new season they've just got to start from scratch basically you know they need to find their identity again you know a, a huge club in the northeast there and you know they they should be certainly championship at uh, championship level if if not the premier league and it's it's a shame to see a big club like that, you know, going down to League One, it's, it's you know, it's happened to the best of us, you know, I'm, I'm obviously a Wednesday fan and, and they've been down there, and as of Leeds United, and I really they, they just need to practically clear all those players out, don't they? That You know, a lot of those players are all dead wood and, like I say, start from scratch really, and if I'm honest, I think Coleman will stay, he, I know I've watched a few interviews with him and he says he's got a contract, he's going to see it out, whether he's in the Championship or now League One, and you know he really wants to get this club back on track, but you can see that when he's talking, just the disappointment in his face is, you know, his, his hands are tied. And like I say, they, they need to start from somewhere, and there's there's a big turnaround needed at that club. And you know, a, a lot of a lot of people did actually mention saying that could Sunderland go down from the Premier League and the Championship again, and it's happened. Next season, again, I'm not saying that Sunderland are going to get relegated from League One, but I expect them to probably just have a bang average season, finish halfway. But crucially, they just need those players what are going to put themselves on the line for the club and and see where next season takes them. Because you know if they if they continue on this spiral, it could just completely go you know belly up for them. Um, And I hope Coleman stays because you know you're not going to get any. Better manager in League One, really, um, and and a club of that size, you know, with that stadium, they, sh- they just shouldn't shouldn't be there, and it's just bad business. Um, so I wish them well, but at the same time, I can also see Sunderland probably being in that in that league for a long time and, and struggling. They really, I think they they're obviously in a need to go through a huge transition period, and it could take a couple of years. Um, so we'll see.
3: For me, it all just comes out the owner, to be honest. Um, Ellis Short has just created such a negative, po- poisonous atmosphere almost at the Stadium of, of Light that it's it's alienated fans. It's um, really driven the team down. The manager hasn't been backed enough, certainly as much as he should have been. Um, they had a good chance to try and really turn things around in the new year a couple of months ago if they'd been able to, say, replace grabbing if they'd been able to bring in a few new players but they weren't able to do it and everything's just gone bad to worse to a large extent because Coleman hasn't been back so I'm not really blaming him as much as I'm blaming the such a poisonous atmosphere that there is at the club at the moment if you look at say the the attendance figures at the Stadium of Light it's a uh, it's really sh- it's shockingly low it's really disappointing to see how how low the the turnout is, but at the end of the day, you can't really blame Sunderland fans for not wanting to turn up and see a team that's just it's on its last legs at the moment, last legs at the moment almost. Um, it's just really worrying to see. So if they can get rid of Ellis Short, I think that's the that's the biggest thing that they can do in the summer. If they can get in a some new ownership and hopefully rebuild off the pitch as well as on it. Hopefully back Chris Coleman. I think he wants to stay and build something with some of Sunderland's younger players and perhaps bring in, bring in some some hungry players from lower down the league, type, the, the league system, hopefully um, rebuild from down there and come back up. I guess if you um, if you look at Blackburn, that's a good example of a team that, despite being in a, in a really bad way over the last couple of years, they've still managed to go down and come straight back up. So if they can do it, there's certainly a precedent for... Sunderland to get a lot better
0: yeah I think the last point that you made there and I was going to use Wigan as an example but I think Blackburn and Wigan you know sort of two of the sort of same you know both sort of teams that have been in the premiership dropped down to the championship and then gone down into league one I think you know both of those are sort of good examples that Sunderland need to follow I don't think you know buying sort of the type of players that they have been buying over the last few years clearly hasn't worked. So I think, you know, they need to have a mass clear out in the summer, you know, get in players who first and foremost know how to get out of League One, uh, whether it's Coleman in charge or they get a manager in that, you know, knows how to get promoted out of League One as well. I think the thing with Coleman, even though he has managed at club level before, he's had such a breakout of it managing, you know, international football that I think getting rid of Grayson when they did hasn't helped at all for a manager to come in and, you know, be working with the players day in, day out when he's been used to working with them once every couple of months, you know, can't have, can't have helped their cause. So I think definitely this summer it's crucial that they get it right. Otherwise, as you mentioned, Louis, they could find themselves down in League One for a good few years, similar to how sort of Preston, Sheffield United did, you know, a few years ago when sort of, I know from a Preston point of view, we didn't get it right straight away. We signed older championship players who were sort of there for the payday. And I think Sunderland need to go down the complete opposite route and I get, you know, young, hungry players in who are lucky, uh, looking to, you know, make a name for themselves, know the division and, you know, hopefully they can push on from there. And, you know, they're a big club. There's sort of no sort of doubts about that, that they need to be back in the championship. And then, you know, from there they can sort of look to push on and hopefully get back up to the top half of the championship and then potentially back to the premiership. Um, but before we wrap it up, obviously, games next week, I wanted to just get your thoughts on um, sort of or give us a preview, really, for your games next week. Um, we'll start with you first, Louis. You're going to probably the, the last place you want to go at the moment uh, to Molineux to play Wolves, who are now champions. Um, how do you see the game going and what would be your score prediction for the game?
2: Uh, you know what? You've just said that you probably won't want to go there, but I'm, I'm quite pleased we are to be honest because there's no pressure on either team. Like Wolves have obviously they're going up now. Sheffield Wednesday, we've we've still got you know a bit of pride to play for, even though you know we we can't go down or finishing the playoffs or whatever. Uh, so we're one of them teams at the minute. Like I say, we've not too much to play for, and, and and now you know Wolves all just want to continue their party. So I'm hoping that Sheffield Wednesday can turn up and spoil it. Although you know very it'll be very minimal spoiling the party but you know at least at least a little bit so if if we can turn up and Wednesday just need to go and enjoy the game look they're going to the league leaders away from home you know I you know you'd ask any Wednesday fan to go to Wolves this season away and we'd be, we'd be happy with your point but you know if you'd expect Wolves to win this game if, if I were going to predict a result I'm going to say t- Wolves will win 2-1 just because of the quality that they've got on show. But, like I say, we need to just go and enjoy the game. You know, you're not, you're not going to see players like Jota, Neves, you know, Bolly, Douglas, players like that in a league of the championship much more. You know, the quality players are going to go on to bigger and better things. So, like I say, you know, we're just going to go, hopefully... <laughs> pick up a point but I also like I say my prediction you would expect Wolves to win. So if we can go there and spoil the party a little bit then then that'd be great.
0: Yeah and uh, over to you Simeon Reading at home against Dipswich who since sacking Mick McCarthy you know haven't really seen it around in form so I think with them it's been a case of so be careful what you wish for. Um how do you see the game going and what would be your sort of score prediction from the game?
3: Well we just desperately need a win to be honest. We had a a good chance to try and get three points, they to um, cement our place in the division. Couldn't get it, but it puts a lot of pressure on next Saturday, trying to um, really stay ahead of Barnsley and Bolton, and just try and pull away and really cement our place. Because our last game of the season is away at Cardiff, and if that battle for second goes to the last day of the season, we really don't want to be relying on getting three points at Cardiff to to stay up. So we really need to get that win. As soon as possible against Ipswich, um, it's going to be a nervy game. It's going to be very, um, very tight from our point of view. Um, I'm sure Clement is not going to want to commit too many men forward and risk conceding another goal at the other end of the pitch. Um, but if we can hopefully get, if we can hopefully keep it tight, maybe sneak someone from a set piece, then I'm pretty confident we'll be able to hold on to the win and and see it out, but it's that first goal that I'm really worried about, to be honest. Um, But I guess if you push me for a score prediction, I have to say 1-0 Reading, and hopefully cement our place in in the Championship.
0: Yeah, and to touch on Preston's game, one of the games of the weekend, I'd say from a neutral point of view, we go away to Sheffield United, where it's been sort of a mixed sort of place for us to go in recent years, you know, winning a few, drawing a few, losing a few and sort of even thinking about it now with the implications it's going to have on the playoff race, you know, I'm already getting nervous speaking about it, but I think to go there, the last thing I'd want to do is to go there, play defensively and get beat one nil. Um, I think a spin, a good season for us. And I think, you know, if we go there with no fear, no one expected us to get the playoffs at the start of the season, especially, you know, with the manager Simon Grayson leaving on the first day of preseason. If we can go there, you know, leave everything on the pitch and not have any sort of what ifs after the game, regardless of the result, I'd be, you know, more than happy. Obviously I want to win and take that playoff push right down to the wire with us only being two points outside it. But, you know, If we do get beat and we miss out on the playoffs, no complaints from me whatsoever. It's been a fantastic season in Neil's first season in charge, but, you know, hopefully we round it off and at least go into the last game still in contention. Um, If I was to go for a score prediction, with how we've been in front of goal recently, my head says that it'd probably be a score draw. If I was to go in my heart, I'd say that Preston are going to nick it 2-1. Couldn't tell you who's going to score because we've been sharing the goals around this season, but... I think it's going to be a very tight game and, you know, whichever way it goes, you know, either team then will push on into the last day and, and, you know, be challenging for the playoffs. Um, But with that, we're out of time. If you two want to let everyone know where they can find you and any projects that you're involved in,
2: now would be a good time. Yeah, so I'm uh, Louis Shackshaft. You can find me on Twitter. My handle is at Louis Shackshaft, as is my uh, website, louisshackshaft.com, where you can find all my articles and blogs uh, i've just done some recent work with the sheffield star i've done a couple of columns in their paper so you can check those out on my twitter feed uh, and for those who are interested as well the um, england well the european championships under 17 start on friday the 4th of may uh, so i'll be doing all match reports and attending those games for shoot football um, so I'll be uh, all the England games. So if you want coverage of those, uh, check out my Twitter feed also.
3: I'm Samuel Pickup. I'm editor of the West End uh, where we talk um, everything about Reading, sometimes on their podcast as well. You can find me on Twitter at Bucks Royal and uh, the West End on Twitter at the West End. So go check us out.
0: Yeah, you can follow me on my personal Twitter account, which is at underscore James Vickers, where I tweet mainly about Preston, North End, and quite a lot of Bundesliga German football as well. So if you're interested in either of those, definitely check those out. And more importantly, you can reach us on the show, which is at Championship on Twitter, where we post a link to each new episode each week and there's plenty of stuff to get involved in on there as well, so definitely check that out. Um, cheers for joining me today, guys. Uh, it's a pleasure to have you on as always. Hopefully uh, for you, Simeon, Reading can get the points as soon as possible. And hopefully uh, for you, Louis, you can finish sort of high up the table as possible. Um, cheers for joining us today. And we'll see you next time.
1: Have a catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row. Dreaming of something better. Well.